This podcast is sponsored by Hibu, an award-winning e-commerce fulfillment provider, helping online businesses grow by taking care of all their order fulfillment needs, picking, packing, and posting products to customers all over the world. Fuel your growth and fulfill your ambitions with Hibu. Hello and welcome to Three Peeps in a Podcast, the bonus show. A day of remembrance, celebration and appreciation yesterday at Ashton Gate. City needed to come out fighting against a strong Watford team and put in a much better shift after the cup performance in the week. And Matt, they certainly did that, didn't they? They did, mate. Yeah, they did. Disappointing, it's probably not the right word actually, but to not get the three points, which I think they deserved yesterday, will maybe have left a few slightly downbeat, you know, but for me... It's what you want as a fan. It was a performance full of commitment. Um, and perhaps the, all that was missing was that just those moments of quality where it, it, it mattered most. But, um, you know, I, I agree with Nigel Pearson. If you perform like that, you would expect to pick up more wins than you would see draws or defeats. So, yeah, it was it was a good performance against a really, really good side. And we made them look ordinary, didn't we? Yeah, absolutely. Lee's three words were wily, workmanlike, and wasteful. And he's actually given us descriptions for the first time as to why he's used these three words. So wily thought that was our best game management for a while. Good fouls, etc. Workmanlike effort was there, but quality at times missing and wasteful. We got in some great positions and wasted them sadly. But we've also had three words from a listener. uh, Life's more important. And we had a note from this listener and it said, evening, just wanted to drop you a note and say thank you. Today, I took my oldest son to his first football game, a day I probably would never have had had it not been for your podcast with Talk Club. Thank you so much. Really enjoyed the pod. And next time you and Matt are in Yorkshire, I owe you both a beer for giving me days like today. And Matt, that absolutely blew me away, that that message last night. Yeah, me too, mate. Um, obviously res- responded in... Um, we'll certainly be looking to, to take him up on his offer of a beer next time we're in, oh, absolutely. Uh, in Yorkshire. Although I think <laughs> next time is Rotherham. Um, so it's likely to be Huddersfield, but yeah, I mean, it it, it just shows, doesn't it, that that the impact that the talk, talk club. club can have, yeah. yeah. Um, so no, that's, that was great to see. Um, yeah, it, it makes it feel all worthwhile, doesn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. It's not the first time we've we've had a message like that. So uh, please do check out Talk Club. It brings us nicely on to our next segment, which is our check in. But before we do that, we'll bring in our guest, and it was a fantastic day rewarding day for the former players association yesterday and one of the core part of the former players association is with us now chris johnson chris how are you sir uh thanks for the invite great to be here good day yeah mate it was a a, a seven hour shift yesterday started at 11 putting up those banners but uh, it was uh, it's always rewarding when you see the impact that it has on the players and then obviously the pitch parade at halftime and seeing the fans receive them well. It was also even just when they go down on the pitch and then, you know, coming back up off the pitch and they're getting a round of applause from uh, kind of half the stands uh, and also the autographs and trying to get them back up the stand, I think, was half the problem. Uh, the challenge, I should say. But that um, was great to see. Yeah, no, fantastic. Right, we'll do our check-in. Um, so episode 177, if no one's yet listened to that, please do um, all about Talk Club and what they do. So we're going to say, how are we out of 10, Chris? You can go first. You know, I think I'm sitting actually up towards an eight today. Um, I think all in all, it was a great day yesterday. Um, and actually, I watched a nervy win for England in the cricket this morning as well. So that was a, a nice start to the day. So um, And then I even managed to get outside today, 
which was probably the last bit of sunny weather for a while. So yeah, sitting quite high at an eight today, yeah. I'd say. I think I'll join you on an eight. Um, still on a bit of a high after yesterday's performance and uh, the goings on in the FPA. Uh, and I'm my belly's full. I just had a lovely roast dinner at the mother-in-law's. So um, yeah, I can't grumble. I'm gonna go, gonna go for an eight. It's a Sunday night, so it's probably not a nine because obviously work tomorrow. But um, yeah, I, I'm going for eight, Matt. You've had a bit of a long day, haven't you, Matt? <laughs> so yeah, I'm I'm gonna go for a seven, <laughs> and the reason being, um. I had a, a system upgrade for the, the job that I do. Um, it started yesterday evening, and as, as Chris will testify, I was on a call uh, when we were sat in the, the lounge yesterday in the Lansdowne Lounge. Um, and then the upgrade kind of went through the night, not, not that I had to be involved, but then I was woken this morning at 5 a.m. because there was a particular problem. <laughs> so I had to deal with that problem at 5 a.m. this morning and then started mine and my team's testing from 9 a.m. this morning. Have literally just finished. So what are we five to eight? Um, and it wasn't a total success, shall we say? Hence the reason <laughs> for that. So yeah, all in all, I'm 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 pretty knackered following on from from the events of yesterday as well. So yeah, I'll, I'll say a seven, but that's only because the day I've had yesterday was was fantastic. So yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, and you obviously heavily involved as well in yesterday and with the former players association to. So thanks to both of you and the team that we've got is um, it's great. Everyone pulls together and, and yeah. does what needs to be done. Uh, but obviously working today and now doing the podcast whilst writing your column for Bristol Live. <laughs> um, yes, yes. So it's all it's all going on. Yeah. Um, right. Okay. Good stuff. Right. So the lineup yesterday: O'Leary, Viner, King, Pring, Vyman, James, Williams, Scott, De Silva, Conway, and Wells. Bentley, Atkinson, Sykes, Masengo, Martin, Bell, and Semenyo on the bench mat. So the 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 question mark there was probably Andy King on um in the center of the three with Atkinson on the bench. Other than that, pretty much as as expected. Um, but Masenga coming on the bench as well. Your thoughts on the on that selection? Yeah, I think it it, it was fairly clear after Lincoln that, that Tim Close was not gonna um be involved um and it was then really the Andy King you know you're, you're playing a guy who is a central midfielder has trained and has played his centre half a couple of times and obviously finished the game against Lincoln his centre half um but you've got Rob Atkinson who who'd played against Lincoln um whether there was anything in terms of an injury or or illness I don't know so that that was the one one the sorry the one call that you you kind of question, and I guess then the Andy Vyman right wing back, um, but with Wilson out injured, George Tanner suspended, and Mark Sykes out of form, it probably was the only real option he had. You wouldn't want to put Alex Scott there, so that they were the ones. Um, had Noah, you know, again talk about him and, and everyone knows what a fan I am of him. So I'm glad to see he's on there. Nigel Pearson sort of referenced this fact in his, in his Radio Bristol interview before the game that he's he's spoken to Han. Han says he, he'll always be ready to play. Um, and Pearson says, if ever I need him, I'll call upon him. Um, and that was why he was in the squad. So good to see from my point of view. Um, you know, we've talked about it, Patch, haven't we? That with these players, the likes of Han, the likes of Dan Bentley, that, that possibly will be moving on in the summer, why not get the best out of them now and, and potentially get a fee for them in January? So, yeah, good to see. 
question for you then, Chris. Um, Andy Vyman at right wing back. We we sat next to each other uh, at the game yesterday, and we we pretty much said we could trust Andy Vyman in any position. Slightly tongue in cheek, even if he had to play centre back. But he is that sort of player, isn't he? I mean, he's got a lot of experience. Um, he still looks sharp, athletic. He really does play well in any position that I think I've seen him in. Um, for the team, and yeah, I mean, you, you can literally you, you see him in that lineup on that side of the pitch, and you kind of go, sure, um, there must be a reason for that. And actually, I know he's going to give it his all, so he's um, he's definitely a top player for us. Yeah, and are you a fan of the the three five two? Have you seen enough of it this year to make a judgment? I am a fan. I think we've obviously gone through a number of defenders, and then in that back three for, for various reasons. Um, so I think you know, in, with the likes of the World Cup coming up, and you know, Callis and. Naismith coming back, that's going to give us some more options, which can only be a good thing, I'd say, for that back three. Um, but, you know, we're with wing-backs. You want crosses into the box. You know, we want to make sure that happens. And I just think, what are we going to do in January? Is there going to be any option for um, a slightly bigger number nine, maybe somebody a bit more better in the air, which could be useful to really top that, that wing-back system off? Okay. Right, let's get into the minutes then. Into the seventh minute, a Jada Silver, a good cross, Scott heading, um, but the opportunity was blocked. Um, we've we've bemoaned crossing delivery, Matt, on the podcast pretty much all season. But yep. I thought yesterday there were some really good balls into the box, and that was the first one. Yeah, there was. Um, he put a couple of decent crosses in yesterday, so um, maybe they are starting to to, to focus on that in a. And the HPC, but yeah, it was a good, a good start again. Um, unusually, we said in the week, didn't we, that we didn't start very well, but this was more back to to Type A, wasn't it? That's mm. kind of what we've done most of the season. Yeah, ninth minute, Chris. It was one of our best chances of the game. Um, Andy Vyman sets Wells away, and he delivers a great cross onto Conway's head, but he just can't get under it and finds it sailing over the bar. But it was one of those ones I've watched it back now on the highlights a few times and. Yeah, it's just going over the top of Conway and he just can't get down down and head it downwards. Such a good passage of play as well. Um, and I think, yeah, I mean, again, someone slightly higher may have been able to get on top of that, but equally, um, it was a it was a tough chance. And, you know, the keeper was rooted to the other side of the goal, really. And that, that was definitely in if that was on target, I'd say. Yeah, and it, and it just shows that relationship that Naki Wells and Tommy Conway have got. They're constantly looking to seek each other out, aren't they? Well, together, and even the kind of, um, you know, the application of the flick-ons, um, they kind of know where each other are. I think that's a really important point. But, yeah, they certainly are gelling well together. Matt, we picked up on it on the 12th minute. It, it came to nothing, and I thought it was not going to be picked up at all. So I've made a note. It was a it was a lovely pass from Cam Pring. He sort of cut inside, and he found it wasn't like a, a no-look pass, but the angle on the pass to try and get, I think it was Naki Wells away, just was worth noting. It, do you know what? He, he actually played three or four really, really good passes yesterday. And that one in particular kind of w- was a threaded ball through um, mm. with a, a little bit of shape on it. Um, it's, Cam's been getting sort of sevens and eights mostly from us and, and no surprise what it will be this week. But he's just getting better in terms of his influence on the game as well. Mm. Yesterday, I really looked at him and thought, Christ, this is, this is a lad of the ilk of a Joe Bryan influence. I know not the same in terms of bombing on, but he played three really, really good balls yesterday and just, just made me sort of sit up and think, Christ, we've got a player on our hands here. If we can keep him in the team and playing, he's just getting better and better. And he got a knock early on as well, didn't he? Yeah, he did. And and also late on as well. Um, yeah. He's quite brave, isn't he? And 
you know, again, one of the things I, I've referenced early on in this podcast is about his fitness levels. He's he's totally fit, isn't he, now? He's, he's able to last the full 96, 97 minutes, whatever a game may be. Mm. Um, yeah, I thought it was another really impressive performance from Cam yesterday. Yeah, another good forward opportunity. 21st minute, Viner and Jada Silva involved. Uh, the breakaway is given to Conway. Conway almost finds Wells, but doesn't quite make it. And... Chris, it was one of those ones where Conway could have gone on, but Wells was in acres of space. If Conway shoots there, then we're bemoaning him for not trying to pass it to Naki Wells, and that's what he's done. I think where we were sat as well, you could see it just nicks the, the heel of the defender uh, as well, running back. And it, Otherwise, it probably would have been straight through to Wells through on goal. So it was very much you know margins for that to, uh, to possibly have gone through to, to Wells. Yeah. 26 minute, well, Wells tackled three times in a minute. The last one was in the box and it was no penalty. Matt, Naki Wells was getting all sorts of trouble from the defender and there was three tackles where the referee just didn't seem to want to give anything. And there's one, one, even one or two more to come of the similar circumstance. Yeah, I don't know which order that, that they were in. There was the one where, um, and we've seen it back on um, the, the highlights, Naki, as a ball gets sort of set up, and I think, again, it may have come from Cam, um, he he puts his body in front of the defender and, and sort of knocks him a little bit to make the space. And then as the ball comes past him, he's turning onto it in the area and mm. the, the defender pulls his shirt. And you, you clearly see his shirt being pulled back from his back that stops him being able to connect through. And the ref gives nothing. And the ref's looking at it. And, and even from where I was in the south stand at the far end, I'm screaming, oh my God, it's a pen. We've got a pen. No, no chance. <laughs> why, why did I even say it? Yeah, yeah. I'm not quite 100 percent sure of of the sequence of events, but I think that was a bit later on. But the, this was three tackles in the space of a minute. You know, what one maybe maybe was a, just coming together, but right. it was just it was just a sequence of events that you just yeah. couldn't quite believe. Yeah. Um, and then the next one is 34th minute. Scott feeds Jada Silva, who crosses deep. Vyman heads it down, and then Wells puts his head in um and that's the that's that's the bit where he gets kicked in the face the ball the the defender tries to put his boot up to to clear it and it does connect i've seen the replay and the stills several times and you just think there's there's no chance that we're going to get a penalty chris time as well as like if, if there was var that would have gone to var without doubt and checked and on the basis of the, the highlight i think it certainly would have been given um i think the only thing you can say is that you know wells went in he put his head his head was going down, I suppose, as opposed mm. to, you know, his head staying kind of head level. So maybe that's why the referee didn't give it. But it's certainly one that um, I think on, if you'd had another chance to look at it, it would have been given. There are a few that potentially, you know, could have gone either way, but that one certainly seemed um, like a, a stonewall penalty, really. Yeah, 36 minute, um, Matt. This is the one you, I think you were just talking about. Wells' shirt's pulled. He's, he's held yeah. in the box. No penalty. Um, just give up, mention it, I think. Well, uh, yeah, no I mean, going back to the one before, it is, and I, and I don't know why it is, but if that high boot is anywhere else on the pitch, yeah. it's a free kick. Now, I don't know how much connection there was to, to Naki. Um, we didn't have to have a physio on, so you assume that he didn't, you know, there was no cut or anything like that. No. But like I say, if it's anywhere else on the pitch, that's a high boot, irrespective that Naki's putting his head down. It's not like he's gone, you know, I mean, below waist or anything like that, he is still practically stood up straight. And that foot is 
raised. I mean, yeah, we've seen, even, even we've seen it sent off when he did something like that. Luke Freeman. Luke Freeman, yeah, caught, yeah, yeah. First game of the it season. It was that it? kind of height, wasn't it? But even if he doesn't connect, Naki Wells may have seen it coming, come away yeah. at the last moment or gone sort of forward, and it's affected what he was trying to exactly. do. Exactly, exactly. And I'm I'm pretty sure um, Lee, the ref, has said that, that actually that would be a direct free kick, so therefore mm. would be a penalty. So, yeah, I just... I don't get it. And I know I know Nigel Pearson was asked about it afterwards. And there have been a few where I kind of look at and think, well, no, not for me. Um, is a little bit soft. That that one I genuinely thought was a clear penalty. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then there was a, a quite an, a, an astounding shot from Cam Pring. It was probably more of a of a, a hoof and a clearance just to get the ball up the line, but maybe not. Chris, what were your thoughts on that one? It was one from right on the touchline, and I I nudged you and said, "That's going in. That's going in." Well, you were very excited about that um that particular what was kind of lob from about 45, 50 yards, um, <laughs> but definitely from our angle initially, it looked like it was going in. But uh, I'm not sure if it was an over kick really or an over cross. But not quite sure uh, what it was. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but excitement nonetheless. Um, haven't got the minute, but I think it's about 40. Conway out to Wales on the right, and his cross finds Andy Vyman, whose header has no power on this occasion, and the keeper gathers. So still creating opportunities right up to around 42 minutes. And at this, it's at this point that I'm looking round to count the uh, the players from the 97-98 season to make sure that they're all still sat behind me and not disappeared, and we walk down to the pitch. And fantastically observed... A parade, if you like, for for the the John Ward promotion team of ninety seven ninety eight. So uh, yeah, massive thank you to everyone for that. Um, and it was touching. It was great to see John Ward and all of the players that that came to celebrate with him. So um, yeah, just a massive congratulations and uh, to to the FPA and also to to everyone who made made them feel so special. So a big thank you for that. And then obviously we saw Nathan Baker Matt. Uh, come onto the pitch and that was a very emotional few minutes yeah it was um first and foremost um I'll I'll say a, a huge thanks to you um I'm privileged enough to see the hard work that you put in as an individual um with the former players um and you're you're very reticent at taking credit for what you do yeah, but you know I'm, I'm gonna I, cut this out don't you I know, well yeah I hope not because um <laughs> it, it's you know it needs to be said you, you do a huge amount of work so that again a great sort of um moment um and you you should take a huge amount of pride in that because I, I know what you do on it but yeah it was great to see John Ward in those players and then you, you get the Nathan Baker thing so you know his former player colleagues the staff forming a guard of honor for him and then Nathan walking out holding um, his child with his wife alongside him. Mm-hmm. Um, and you saw a side of Nigel Pearson that, that probably lots of fans won't have seen, but he showed a real classy human side to him. Um, took Nathan head into his hands and, and seemed to give him a, a little kind of peck on the cheek or certainly mm-hmm. a, a word in his ear. And whatever he said, I mean, he might have just been pinching the the hair on the side of his ears or something, but <laughs> whatever he said clearly affected Nathan because Nathan then put his head into his his the shirt of his his child who he was carrying, clearly upset. Um, and because it was being shown on the screen, people in and around me were teary-eyed and yeah, you know, again, we all we all love Nathan. 
um, such a shame that his career has been ended like it has been with the medical grounds. But it was a nice, a, a touching moment, wasn't it? Yeah, all very well done. This is a message from the Bristol City Former Players Association. Throughout last season, we brought a number of ex-players back to Ashton Gate. We were pivotal in delivering celebratory events, including the Ashton Gate 8 40th anniversary, and we also celebrated the stars of the 60s who were paraded on the pitch. This season, we will be commemorating some important moments in the club's history and some very important people who were part of our club. If you would like to assist with sponsorship of any of these events, please get in touch with me via email to events at ecfcformerplayers.co.uk. In addition, we are always on the lookout for any interesting artefacts from the club's history to add to our ever-growing Bristol City archive. Thanks for listening, and my email address again is events at bcfcformerplayers.co.uk. Thank you. Right, halftime summary. Despite a couple of questionable selections positionally, we have produced a very creditable first half display. Everyone pulling their weight, and we have shown positive intent and determination throughout. A few dubious high boots from them, which could and perhaps be penalised, um, and things could have gone better right now, but enough to carry forward with optimism for the second half. So thanks to Rob for that halftime summary. Possession stats, I've got 57% City, five shots to zero, one shot on target to zero, three corners to one, um, and four fouls each. So, yeah, it was a good showing in that first half, absolutely for sure. Into the second half, 65th minute, Conway through and shoots just wide. Then Tommy brought off for his troubles. This is an interesting one, Matt. I mean, Tommy Conway bursts away. He's he's someone who you who you look forward to and you, you get excited when he is on goal because we know he's definitely knows where the goal is and he tries to go across the keeper and it goes just wide but then he's brought off after that what were your thoughts yeah it, so so I think Nigel Pearson wanted to get Antoine Semenya on and and sometimes I do think it's a toss of a coin between Naki and Tommy um I thought both worked really hard yesterday um probably Tommy had more opportunities than Naki yesterday. So you could argue was was the one getting into the right positions. And so maybe that was why it was slightly questionable. Well, Naki um, kept getting fouled every five minutes. Well, there was that as well, yeah. <laughs> um, but, but I thought it was going to be Tommy that he would make way for. But probably on the balance of yesterday, I would have gone Naki. Um, and that shot, again, I'm, I'm in the south stand, so right behind it. Possibly Tommy's first touch just took him a little bit wider than he wanted. But he knows he's got to go across the keeper, and and we're talking fractions from that being in far post and giving us the lead. So yeah, it was um, probably a surprising decision to be subbed at that point. But the decision had already been made, um, and it was just that, that Tommy had sort of broken away and took the shot. I think the sub was already planned to be made. Anton was certainly stripped, ready to come on. Yeah, your thoughts on that one, Chris? Um, obviously, Semenyo is uh, a player who. I like when he comes off the bench because he's always got a point to prove last half an hour. He has got that power. He can run defences more ragged with that that extra burst of pace. Um, but yeah, it's, it, as Matt said, it's, it's a, always a bit of a toss-up between Conway or Wells. That seems to be the starting two um, and they work really well together. That's the Conway, that, that, that shot. I mean, 
I know he, I think the first touch kind of took him slightly away. Um, but I think, you know, those two defenders running you know, almost in parallel right behind him, the first thing he should have done really was cut straight across the two of them to really put the question on their heads as to whether, you know, they were going to interfere with him or allow him to run closer on goal. And hopefully that would have made the, the better angle. But it's just a shame that that didn't happen. Um, but I think with, with with Antoine, you know, it's, it's hard to say on this performance, to be honest, because I think he only had about, what, 26, 25 minutes uh, of game time. But I didn't really see him get into the game a lot on this one, to be honest. I think um, it was, it just never seemed to really, really get going, if I'm honest. But um, it is a, it is a toss-up. But, you know, Conway is scoring um, goals. He's scoring goals when we need them as well. And he's scoring goals, um, you know, well, and he's playing well, well with Wells. So it's very... Mm-hmm. I can see why he's going with Conway to start, but you know, Semenya does have that, you know, raw quality and raw talent. Um, but you know, they've all got it. It's just can we can we get them all playing together with it at the same time? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I mean, we 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 certainly saw it on Tuesday, Matt, with every striker on the roster um, on the pitch at the same time. But yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting conundrum. But for me, it's it's Conway and Wells as a two, and then if it's not them two, it's you know probably. Martin and Semenyo and and Andy Vyman in behind Matt. Yeah, I mean, I, I I possibly would have would have gone Chris Martin a bit later on, um, and and taken Naki off just to give it a slightly different, but on the basis that we then played the ball still into feet, not doing what we tend to have done this season when Chris Martin comes on and go long, um, he, he's he shouldn't you know it shouldn't be done that way with with Chrissy Martin, but like you, I I think Wells and Conway are a partnership. But you also had to get some menu on the pitch, and and I know after yeah. the game, um, Slavin Bilic was talking about Semenyo, um and the impact that he made. So yeah, he, he was much back, much better on form, wasn't he? So yeah, as well, um, which I think we picked up on patch a little bit was throughout the whole of the first half, um, Semenyo and, and Nigel were talking quite a lot throughout the whole um, first half. So it was quite interesting what was being said there. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Um... It was almost like he was going to bring him on in the first half at times, wasn't it? And Jason Yule was having a word with him and maybe just sort of pointing out scenarios of if that happens when you're on, this is what I want you to do. But yeah, yeah, forgot about that. That's a good point. Um, Into the 68th minute, Jada Silva cross and it's an Andy Vyman header and it, it the the Watford keeper produces an absolute worldy save, Matt. And I honestly thought that was in. That had enough pace and power on the header to beat most goalkeepers, but he, he scoops it out, unfortunately. Great, great save um, at, at our end. Um, really good cross from Jay. Deep. So I, I have a bit of an issue with Jay's deep crossing, but he picks out Andy Vyman and Andy Vyman's rushing into it, gets a great connection, heads it into the ground, and the keeper's able to get a really, really strong right hand. Not only make the save and keep it out of the net, but push it away as well. So, you know, anybody on rushing couldn't. So, yeah, it was was the best opportunity of the game, I think, wasn't it? And the, the closest we came to scoring. Yeah. Um, after that, there was a few chances for Watford. There was also um, an injury to a Watford player as well in the... Oh, what? who was it? Who was it got injured? Was it, was it, Dan, it was Dan Gosling. He was the Dan Gosling. Everton yeah. Bournemouth player, yeah. In the 82nd minute, he came off, but the, the injury was probably in the 80th. But yeah, I, I didn't really see what happened, but he looked to be in a lot of discomfort, Matt. Yeah, he, he did. Um, no one around him and, and, and went down when when um, the sort of ball sort of passed. And I think he, he's then clearly upset and beat in the ground, um, you yeah, know, clearly upset. 
And I think City fans probably got the wrong end of the stick here. And I, and I know that from something that I found out after the game. So he's beaten the ground in frustration. City fans were, there were a few unsavoury chants, which I'm not going to discuss. Um, eventually, the, the medical team came on. Gosling seemed to be remonstrating with them as well, was taken from the field. And what I subsequently found out after the game was that, that Gosling had said in the week that he, he was feeling an injury um, and was cleared by the medical team to play. So that's what the frustration related to. It wasn't anything to do with the challenge, City not putting the ball out. It was his own frustration at the fact he didn't think he was he was fit enough to play um, and, and still was cleared to play. So, yeah. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, what was a surprise for me yesterday, Chris, was that was the only substitution that Tommy Conway for Semenya in the 66 minute in previous games, we've seen, well, definitely more than one, if not four or five. It was hard. I mean, it's hard really, because we were playing so well. I think it's, it is, would have been very hard to make, you know, significant changes to the team. Watford made a ton of changes um, throughout that second half. And yeah, I think we were still very resilient. I think what I noticed actually is the fitness of the team certainly looks like it's um, improved and, and is improving. We mentioned Cam Pring. I think Matty James um, certainly looks fitter now that he's playing a lot more and he's sort of less, he's more consistent without injury and so on. Um, whether this six-week World Cup's going to actually be helpful for the match fitness uh, remains to be seen, but equally we might get some players back. But I think it's just... I don't think you could have mixed up that team much over that game. Yeah, there was a um, there was a booking for Alex Scott in the 88th minute where he pulled someone down, but it was a clear handball. The 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 passage of play that led up to that, and I think he was just frustrated at the referee's decision. So that's a another booking for Alex Scott. I think that's seven in the league and one in the cup now. Um, and that took us took us to the end of the game. I mean, just going back to substitutions, maybe the only thing that we could have seen is Mark Sykes coming on in that more attacking position, Matt, that I think he probably was expecting to play more of, sort of in behind the front two, just to see what, what that could do. Yeah, possibly, but I, I don't I think Alex was even though he was on a booking, he still has that kind of talent where you want to see him coming through. You could have moved things around, but but Andy Vineman had a really, really good game at right wing back, so you were never going to change him from there. Mm. So I, I, I kind of, I, I didn't. The, the only other change I possibly would have made, as I said earlier, was was Chrissy Martin for some um, for Naki Wells. Um, I don't think I would have changed anything else. Okay, right. So the full time possession stats: fifty two to forty eight for City, nine shots to two, two on target to zero, five off target to two. Um, and Matt, it was. It was fairly dominating. You could tell Watford had that quality, but we made them look quite ordinary. They're a, they're a physical side, Watford, and, and they've got midfielders who have a physical presence but can also run in muscle and, you know, there, there's a, a real strong sort of, um, yeah, breeder player there. Um, up front, I think Keenan Davis didn't cause us the problems that he did when he was on loan at Nottingham Forest last year. But I actually think that was more down to the way that we played. Um, you know, and and again, I'm always honest, I, I did think the Andy King decision was a strange one, but he was brilliant. He was flawless yesterday, really did well. Midfield, Joe Williams covered absolutely every blade of grass and Matty James alongside him was, was you know, patrolling in and dictating what was going on. So I think, I think Watford's, um, poor showing 
was much more down to the way that we played. Now, let's be fair. If Sarin Pedro started, it may have been slightly different. Um, but even they, when then? they came on, well, I, I believe it was because Bilic felt they played a lot of games and he was trying to protect them. But if it's the last game before the break, that that doesn't make much sense to me, if I'm honest with you. So, um, yeah, a bit of a strange one. But, you know, I, I, I prefer to look at it as us playing well rather than Watford being poor. And, and you know, Sheffield United look really ordinary. And then they go and win their next game 5-2. So it's, it's very easy, isn't it? When we, we actually play well and, and don't get the result we probably feel we deserve, we look at us and say, well, why didn't we do X, Y, and Z? And they were poor that day. But actually, they were poor because of how well we played. So, yeah. Okay. Right. Uh, there was a lot of Twitter action over on at 3PIAPC. So I'm not going to go for all of it, but most of it was was about the the various penalty shouts and the various fouls. Um, so have, have a look through that. Uh, a couple of comments on the game to read out. Joanna Baggs, much improved, deserved to win it really, although not too many clear-cut chances. The players left everything out there. And as a supporter, I can't ask for more. Lots of great performances, but Zach Viner didn't put a foot wrong. Campering was superb as well. Johnny P, much better all round today. Max didn't have a single shot to save, which tells you how well we battled. All three in defence were superb. In fact, no poor players in the starting eleven. Probably Williams' best game for some time. A little worrying, our lack of goals of late, though. Uh, Chris Rose, decent performance against uh, a team like... Is it? Oh, no, sorry. I thought that was a different one. It is the same game. Uh, decent performance against a team like Sheffield United. Looks poor, but we know they aren't. Going to give credit to the team for that. Three out of the last four league games have been good performances, but we've only taken three points. Need to be more clinical with our chances. Dr. Dean Allen, a solid point in performance by City versus Watford. The makeshift backline did well. The Hornets rarely threatened. Great to see Nathan Baker and the boys of 97-98 honoured. Injured players to return after the World Cup. Mark Lurwell, listen to the game on Radio Bristol. I think we come back stronger. I think we come back stronger after the World Cup break. Are there many City fans travelling to Qatar? Don't know. Um, And I think that takes us to the ratings, Matt. And actually, I want to give a shout out to the ground staff. Um, they've done an amazing job turning that game round, turning that pitch round from the Friday night rugby. It always amazes me how how amazing the pitch looks. But when you've had a rugby match, Matt, the, the night before as well, it just makes it even better. Yeah, I mean Dan, Dan Sparks and his team do incredible work, do they? Don't they? And, and you you wouldn't know there had been a rugby game, um, the you know during that week, let alone the night before. Um, and then you know, yeah, the the um. The remembrance parade and everything—they mm. they do they do a quality uh, a quality job, don't they? We're very fortunate. Absolutely. Okay, ratings. Um, and I rush through it because I. Can need I to... predict? Can I predict it's going to be much better than Tuesday? Well, now you say that. <laughs> God, um, come and, on. And yeah, yeah, Christ Almighty. My, my average, my average prediction. Go on, give us give us an average prediction. You and Chris on the game. For the okay. players, yeah. So the average team, the average player rating, 6.9. Oh, okay. You, you do think I'm harsh, <laughs> Chris? <laughs> Seven and a half, I think. 7.45 is the average. Okay. So right. we'll, we'll see how we go. So, um, I was just Matt... factoring in the fact it was a home draw, but yeah, the and, performance... And... 
And, and you're right, and, and there are a couple that could go either okay. way. Let's see if I can get um, it down. So, so, as, yeah. so as, an, as an example, I went max seven. That probably should be a six because he didn't have anything to do, did he? Um, so, um, yeah. Good, that, that Good distribution as well. Yeah, it was, but you, you're right. That should be a six. So I'm, I'm not even going to query that. I'm going to change that immediately. Sorry, um, Max. Yeah. Um, so, Max, yeah, Max is a six. Then from the back... Zach Viner, I've gone eight. Um, I thought it was just a really good performance from Zach. Now, bearing in mind, the last game out in the league against Middlesbrough, he got a four and was roasted. Um, yesterday, he was up there as a man of the match choice. Um, it was really interesting in yesterday as well because it could have been four or five man of the matches, whereas, again, mm. the other night, you know, Lincoln and Middlesbrough, you're going, I, I haven't got a clue. Who, who do I give this to? Because no one really deserves it. So, so Zach, I went eight. Cam Pring, I went eight. Andy King, I went eight. Okay. Now, we can talk about Keenan Davis was playing up front on his own and then when Sarah and Pedro. But you, you, you've got to say, they're a quality team. We've come out of the Premier League and we, we kept them quiet. So, yeah. So, I went three eights for the three centre-backs. I thought I thought they were excellent. Um. Jada Silva and Andy Vyman. Um, I went, might be slightly slightly unfair on Jay, and I really haven't got an issue with Jay other than the crossing that I keep referencing. But Jay, I went seven. I thought it was a much improved display, got some decent crosses in, and I thought he defended well. That one could have been an eight. So I'll, I'll throw that in. Andy Vyman, I went an eight because I thought Andy got into the attacking areas slightly better than Jay. And that was the difference between the two. Obviously, he had the header, um, was very involved. So, so I went eight for Andy. Um, from a midfield point of view, I went Joe Williams, eight, and man of the match. And Matty James, seven. Alex Scott, seven. I thought both. And, and again, Matty and Alex could have been eights. I think the fact that we didn't have lots of shots and, and those in particular, they, they didn't themselves, but also it still finished um, goalless. There was that bit to it as well. So, yeah. Um, Chris Chris had some interesting comments on Alex Scott. Chris, you, you want him to be a bit more direct, don't you? Yeah. I mean, he's got, you know, he had a lot of cameos throughout the game. I think, you know, he's got some silky skills and I think one of the times he went, dancing around three Watford players uh, at one point, which was, you know, really nice to see and the crowd loved it. Um, there's just a lot of times and I'm sat there and he's running, he's passing up to the wing or he's, you know, he's getting the ball and there's an opportunity to really go direct towards the box. And I think, you know, he's got that talent. I think he really does rattle defenders. And actually, if he gets in the box, you know how, how many fouls he wins outside of the box, you know, by just being in that box, I think he could cause a lot more trouble and maybe even win a penalty by him who knows but he certainly I think if, if he was to go more direct I think um, it would make a, a, it'd be interesting to see the difference that, that would have um, on our on our, our XGs as well Yeah I think we've seen it probably in that Sheffield United game that was on Sky Matt in terms of, of what Chris is alluding to there and how exciting was that but we don't, We he's right we haven't seen enough of that. No I, I agree um, again you have to look at the opposition Um I don't. I don't think it's a tactical thing, or because I think that's. I think that's Alex. Um, I, I saw a lovely tweet the other day that said, "Isn't it funny to think this is the the last World Cup before the next four that we see Alex Scott in?" Which <laughs> I thought was brilliant. Um, 
Yeah, I, I agree with Chris. I think he's got it in his locker. He needs to get into those positions to get the shots away. He didn't do that as much yesterday. It went on the mazy runs and, and created a fair bit. But yeah, didn't quite get the, the shots away, did he? But he's right. He might be our only hope of a penalty. Yes. Yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> um, And then I think I'm left with, I don't think I've messed anyone else out apart from the forwards. Um, Tommy and Nakia went sevens. I thought both tried really hard, put in an, an effort and a shift, but obviously we didn't score. You could argue it was sixes. Um, but actually I thought that their endeavour was more than kind of I expect. Mm. And yeah, um, but m- maybe, maybe they, they would be both six, sixes because we didn't score, but you couldn't fault the effort and chances. Depends if that helps get down to 6.9 or not. So if we go to sixes for Naki and Tommy, that takes it to 7.18. Does that okay. make you feel better? No, not really. Sticking back up to seven. Right, there we go then. <laughs> Can I let so, Chris have the win? On that basis then, it is 7.36. Which for a home draw um, doesn't sound right, but it's the against effort level Watford. was there. It's against Watford. It's on the back of, yeah, yeah. On so, the back no, of that I'm, performance. I'm, yeah, I, okay. As, as Chris said, I, I did think it was a, a good seven plus performance yesterday. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 absolutely. That's all you can ask yeah. for. Yeah. And for Nigel, I went seven, got the call right with, with Andy King, got a performance out of his team. So, yeah. And Joe Williams, give a, you know, a mention to Joe Williams as well, because he's someone who we've, who we set a high level of expectation for in his, early performances that we saw like one here one there knew what we were signing it's you know it's it's been not many games in the three years whatever it is he's been here yeah. um but yesterday he showed exactly what he can do thought he was excellent yeah i thought he was really good he tired towards the end but yeah he was he was my man of the match i thought he was excellent good stuff okay Right, so that brings us to the end of um, the podcast and the end of, if you like, the first half of the season, although it's not quite. Um, we did our our predictions, Matt. It's what we're not we're now twenty one games, so thirty. So what are we talking? Forty six, twenty three. So we're we're only two games away from halfway through the season, um, and now we're going into a break of five weeks before Rotherham away. Um, I think on the 10th of December. So we predicted, I mean, I predicted top of the bottom half and it's so close. We're, we're like literally four points away from that. Um, bit of a wobble on Tuesday and the previous few games had a lot of people questioning whether we were going in the right direction. I'll come to, I, I, I'll come to Chris first on this. How do you assess the first half of the season? It's, you know, I think it's it's certainly been ups and downs. You know, we've showed some absolute quality at times and we've played some great games. I think, you know, even recently, the, the game yesterday, the Sheffield United game, um, especially, you know, I thought we played and applied ourselves really well. I think yesterday with what we put ourselves about a lot as well, which was really nice to see. And I think we could do that a lot more. Um, what the next two games, Stoke and Rotherham, who are just above us as well. So I think, you know, I think we can climb the table and like you say I think a lot of people have been talking about the uh, the World Cup and actually that that break that we have getting some players back um, and you know I think the mentality is there and they've definitely got the the talent as a team when they all play together and play together well I just hope that that's something that, that we can see and, and if that happens there's no reason why we cannot climb that table I, I don't see any different Matt, we're coming back to uh, Rotherham, then Stoke, and then a few more 
games. We've got Watford, uh, West Brom on Boxing Day, and then one more. So it's about four, maybe five games. I can't quite see on my calendar here before the January transfer window, which we may tinker with. Who knows? Bring in a couple. But coming back into the squad, probably, hopefully, fingers crossed, for that game on the 10th, you've got potentially Callas, who knows, potentially Naismith, Eamon Benarus as well to throw into the mix. So how's it looking for you now? What's your what's your overview? It's it's so difficult, isn't it? Because it it does base on results. And you know, you look at the table and, and we were um we're we're closer to the relegation zone in terms of the points difference and and the clubs that are, are at the bottom of have picked up points to to bring it closer. But I think as I said to you when we were driving home last night, you know, we we've we've been the better side against Norwich, Sheffield United and um, Blackburn and then yesterday Watford. Now, okay, we didn't get the points that, that we deserved from that and, and fundamentally that's what it's about at the end of the day. But there isn't a lot wrong from that point of view, um, which wasn't the case against Lincoln on Tuesday night. But you, you, you'd you like to think Naismith coming back and he had a big influence in the, the, the positive way that we were playing. Callas, if he can come back fit, potentially there may be business in January, depending on what what we do, um, you know, and, and and potentially who we sell from the Crown Jewels. But there isn't a lot wrong when you look at it in, in terms of the performances against those sides. Yeah. But we've got to start picking up the wins. You know, we can't keep saying if we play like that, we'll get more wins and defeats because the games will run out. And you can keep playing like that and not picking up wins. So I'm I'm probably we're we're not league position wise where I'd hope to be. I think I probably said 15th, 14th, 15th, I can't remember exactly. But we're not a million miles from that. We're probably, I don't know, two or three points off of 14th or 15th. So, you know, maybe we are about to where we where we should be. But it does just show if we could put a run together you could easily pull away and, and not be in any trouble. And I think Middlesbrough are only, what, four points off the playoffs now? Yeah. And they were, when we played them last weekend, below us and, you know, had been in the relegation zone. So, yeah. Yeah, no, it's a it's a really interesting one. It's uh, a funny old game, Saint. It is. But I think what we've struggled with in recent games is with those players being out, with it being a school, a small squad, Chris, is that that competition, that two person in every position, um, you know, the back three is more or less picking itself at the moment and even bringing Andy King back in from midfield. You've got one option um, on right wing back, effectively with Kane Wilson out injured, it's Mark Sykes, but obviously you're bringing Andy Vyman in to rest Mark Sykes. On the left, it's it's Jay De Silva, um, with Cam Pring being forced back into into that position. So, bringing back that competition for places, it keeps everyone on their toes. It keeps performance levels high, and hopefully, with those people coming back, no more injuries, and maybe a through a few more names thrown into the mix in January, the squad should be strong enough to be battling around mid table, if not slightly higher. Oh, with that, I think you know consistency is key. I think that's probably what we've we've lacked for, for if I could pick a word, I suppose, for for how the season's gone. But yeah, having strength and depth very important. Having fit players, you know, very important. 
Um, and yeah, competition for places, absolutely. But, um, you know, I, I generally, you know, defensively, we've got potentially, if we have those back, we've got four or five, potentially six defenders there um, to at choose from. At concern and Tanner as well to throw into the mix. There, there's opportunity there to to um, to, to do better um, and to just to be more consistent. I think, well, if we can be more consistent, I I, I agree. We can we can certainly um, look at putting a run together and climbing the table. It is. I, I do also agree with where those goals are going to come for. They have slowed down. Um, the opportunities seem to be slightly lighter than they were at the beginning of the season. But again, we're so close yesterday to quite a few chances, uh, additional chances, and, th- and that header as well yesterday was that save. I mean, from all angles, that was it was just any other day that could have been in. Mm. Yeah, small margins, Matt. Yeah, small margins. I guess it's interesting. I, th- I think, I don't know if I've seen an interview or I've read somewhere that, that Nigel Pearson is potentially looking at defenders in January, which with everything we've just said then, you think, I'm not. I'm not sure that is a position we need to worry about, really, and maybe that is still that midfield position that we need to concern ourselves with. But yeah, let, let's see. Let's see what happens. That's an interesting one. Let's go on this then, Matt. What? Where you're signing two players in January? What are yep. the most? What's the most important positions for you to get so, hold of? So I probably would look at dependent on the Kane Wilson situation. And it it would probably be a loan that I'd look at would be a right wing back so because to what is it March April? Well, I don't I don't know that they really said how long okay. it was going to be. So so potentially right wing back. Um, I think Campring gives us a left wing back option with Jay. But if Jay plays like he did yesterday, then we're we're, we're okay. But for me, it's still that central midfield, energetic box to box physical player. The likelihood is Matty James isn't going to be able to play the rest of the season without picking up another injury. Um, so yeah, that and that's the area that, that I think I would look at. So so right wing back, midfield, and maybe that that kind of wide player, someone who can run and create. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so right wing back and and central midfielder. So basically, yeah. we need to sign Marvin Elliott and <laughs> yeah and Scotty Murray. Scotty Murray, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. Easy, right? Okay, did, right, did have right. a chat with Sean Goto yesterday to see if Sean was interested in coming back, but he's okay where he is. So yeah, yeah. no, exactly. We'll say as well though, Patch. Steve Torpy has not aged a bit, has he? Still, and <laughs> I think he's he's probably less than he was as a player, sort of from a weight point of view. So yeah, yeah. No, they are all looking all looking very good. Um, and yeah, a fantastic day all round. Right, World Cup is literally a week away tomorrow. Um, we've done this the last few podcasts, excitement levels for the World Cup. I'm still probably around four or four or maybe even five. Chris, how about yourself? Yeah, uh... I'd probably look a bit higher than that. I do enjoy the World Cup. Um, unfortunately, oh, I've got no, I do enjoy it, but it's just it's just getting yourself up for it around November, December time. Friday for me when I'm working that day uh, on the England USA game, so I'm gonna be doing my very best to watch that game as well. But uh, no, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to it. It's a, weird to have it at a different time of year, and the, also in the run-ups of Christmas, so it should be uh, should be a bit different, but hopefully uh, successful. Yeah, great, Matt. Yourself, any further along? No, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I, I have changed slightly. Um, I think I'm actually is England's first game on the Monday. Yeah, one, yeah, one, one o'clock. I'm in St. Ives on holiday, so I will probably, Ooh. if it's open, be frequenting the sports bar 
Well, the balcony um, wasn't open when I was down there last no. time. No. No, they had a fire. Ah, uh, they did, yeah. But I think that's I think that's sorted. So well, you might want to check that out. But there yeah, are, I will. But there are I mean, other worst, places. <laughs> worst, worst case, yeah, I'll end up watching it on the TV in the the place that we're staying. But um, so yeah, no, I I I am looking forward to it because you know now now that city's out the way, it's it's what we've got to look forward to, isn't it? So yeah, whether how well England will do, I'm I'm not sure. I'm not podcast sure. wise. I'm thinking we'll probably do one after the first three games and then see yeah. where we go from there. Um, yeah. Give us a bit of a, a bonus show break. Yeah. Um, happy days. And maybe even yeah. a, a special guest or two in between, but who knows? Let's who see. Knows? Yeah. Right. Chris, great debut. Thank you, sir. Thanks for all your efforts yesterday, Matt, same to you. And we'll be back soon. Check us out on podcast uh, on Twitter, even at three P I A P C. And I pulled a, uh, a video together this morning, which is on the BCFC FPA YouTube channel with some highlights of yesterday's action. So check that out also. And we'll be back soon. Take care, everyone. Have Thanks, everyone. Care. Take care. Yeah, I've been riding low. I've been riding fast. Gonna take this moment. I'm gonna make it last. Because you don't know me. Cause I tell you something, I don't care that much Don't come around here Preaching your goddamn rules Don't come around here yeah. I ain't your
Watching that little town slowly disappear.